welcome to a special Stone Brewing Showcase episode of... Brutal Battle. Yeah, so everybody knows we like to do these brewery showcase episodes, and this time um, we're doing a brewery that has significantly more history than some that we've done more recently. I know uh, it's been light on the information with a lot of the uh, recent uh, brewery showcase episodes we've done. So this one we're going back to a lot more information. Uh, Stone is a much older company than a lot of the breweries who have been hitting, so there's just more information there. Uh, Also a note about how we're tasting the beers. Um, Not necessarily as much having to do with how you naturally would taste them in a progression, but more um, thematically, in a sense. So, I don't know, it's kind of a mixture of what progression you would taste them and thematically. So they're maybe not exactly one way or the other, but it's a mix of the two. So, you'll see. You didn't tell me this. Well, you just learned with everyone else. So, I'm going to do a little bit of information before we get into the first beer, Um, but there is a decent amount of information for this, because it's stone. So... They were established in 1996. That's part of the reason that there's a lot of information. You know, they're over 20 years old at this point. So that's a lot. That's a lot of years, uh, especially for a craft brewery. Um, uh, They were originally started by Greg Cook, spelled K-O-C-H. So said Cook, but K-O-C-H is how it is. And Steve Wagner, who... Steve Wagner was actually the original brewer for Stone Brewing. Um, They are currently... Well, this was as of last year, so sometime in 2016. They were the 10th largest craft brewer in the United States, which is pretty damn big. Um, they were listed as one of the fastest growing companies 11 times and called, quote, all-time top brewery on planet Earth by Beer Advocate on two separate occasions. Although, if you really listen to Beer Advocate or not, whatever, that's up to you. How? When was Sam Adams started oh before that you'd have to look it up i don't remember i'm just curious to kind of i mean we might do a sam adams or boston beer uh company episode at some point so we would learn then but if you want to look it up now you can go ahead we talked about sam adams start when did we talk about sam adams um not i don't at no point did we talk about him in like extreme depth was that off podcast maybe yeah it may have been off podcast so, Stone Brewing, um, their current locations for actual brewing are Escondido, California, Richmond, Virginia, and Berlin, Germany. And they are oh. the first American craft brewery to open a brewery over in Europe. So, they have that distinction. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. And those were just, I think the Richmond, Virginia one, and the Berlin, Germany ones were both open last year in 2016. Think I'm not 100 percent on that, but I think so. So uh, let's just pop the first beer open, and then I, I can talk some more. So the very first one I'm going with is the one that should be consumed first of what we have, and that is the Enjoy By 420 2017. So just so everybody knows when we're drinking this, today's date is April 3rd. April 3rd. I think so. 2nd. 3rd. 3rd. Okay. Sorry. Yes. It's April 3rd, so 4.20 being the Enjoy By date, we are well within that. Um, And this is our Enjoy By 420, 9.4% alcohol by volume. Anyone who knows these are all like hoppy beers, they're not meant to last. That's why they're called Enjoy By and they have a date. Uh, And there's been a whole long series of these, pretty popular too. So it's very fitting that we do this. 
Um, I will also say real quick that I collaborated with Mike uh, John Zach from Wine World on this because I was going in for uh, him to give us some mystery beers for some upcoming episodes where Rebecca will be on. Um, and she needs mystery beers, so Mike takes care of those. And I was like, well, let's do like a little homage to Mike. And I decided to do Stone for that reason because that's one of his favorite breweries. I think he would probably say Stone is his favorite brewery and has been for some time. Uh, he even has an arrogant bastard tattoo on yeah, his arm. I was going to say, I mean, no I think lie. that kind of seals the deal. Yeah. Okay, so I found uh, Sam Adams, Boston Beer Company, founded, do you want to guess? In uh, 78. No, not that. Okay. 86. 84. 84. Okay, there you go. Anyway, okay. Cool. So, yeah, so this is an homage to Mike in a sense, and he helped me pick out the beers. Uh, except for one that we already had, which okay. I'll talk about. And he was like, for freshness, you should definitely do this Enjoy Buy if you're going to do it before 420. So, um, on his recommendation, we're doing this Enjoy Buy. Okay. So, let's try it. Uh, and one thing to note, too, for mainly for Rebecca right now, which is, if you... I don't know the last time you had, like, a Hoppy Stone beer, but Hoppy Stone beers are more hoppy... Not like you would think is popular recently. It's more a lot of aggressive bitterness. And that's the way they've been. That's kind of how they busted into uh, at least the market where we are on the East Coast um, is, you know, really hoppy, um, aggressively bitter IPAs. So typically that's what they do. They do some other stuff that's more on the citrusy side and lighter. But Well, I figured when it said devastatingly dank. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does say devastating. I was like, day, so. eh, not my bad. So the coloration, it looks really nice. It's like very orange, clear, nice, very large bubbles on the head. Yeah. And mm-hmm. let's smell. It looks like an IPA. You can take the uh, lead on your oh, on your okay. sniffing. Well, I'm, not, I'm behind on my sniffing. You're here. really swirling. Yeah, I mean, I I almost feel like I smell bitterness. Yeah. Now you can definitely smell some bitterness on this, but. You get anything else? I do get some. I I, I get some citrus notes. Yeah, no, I definitely um, do. They're not. They're more dark. You have to, yeah, you have to. Yeah, I was it's like, looking. I don't know how to describe that. Like dehydrated orange. Yeah. You know, like it's not. Like it's not real watered down. Yeah. It's like super concentrated. It's more like deep dark citrus yeah. flavors. It's there. It's not like. In your face. It smells really good. It smells very resinous, as people would say. Yeah, okay. Kind of syrupy, thick. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's very much like when you think about the actual resin that comes off the hop cones. Yeah, the lupulin. It's just like, it smells a lot like that. Like like that sticky, syrupy lupulin when it gets on your hands. Did I impress you that I remembered that? Yeah. No, that's totally awesome. I'm glad when you hold on to things like that. But it smells really nice to me. It smells very well balanced. So I just took my first sip. So I like this more than I thought I was going to. It's nice. It's not. That is nice. It's. It definitely has a bitter finish, but it's not off-putting. Um, you get some of those like muted citrus notes on the taste. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um. Yeah, definitely. Everything you said, um, there's a lot of that resinous quality coming through, that dank, like I say, devastatingly dank. There is a dankness to it. Um, I get a lot of that resin to it. It's really nice. It's like like syrupy, citrusy, piney, 
And it's, um, I think one of the big things where you're saying that the bitterness isn't too much, it isn't. And I think that's mainly because the body of the beer really stands yeah. up to that. And the flavor isn't muted by the bitterness either. Yeah. So, mm. would you guess 9.4%? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> it is 9.4. Holy cow. Yeah, this is kind of, um. I would say like 7 or 8. Kind of could get you in a little bit of trouble, really. Ooh. I guess probably an eight based on the syrupy quality, but I would have never said nine. Holy cow. Yeah, it's relatively viscous. Holy cow. Yeah, good beer, though. Really nice beer. That's the first Enjoy Buy I've had in, I don't know, a a year or more. It's been a long time since I've partaken in the Enjoy Buys. But maybe now we want to partake a little more often. Um, I know they, they change up the recipes. So it's not always going to taste exactly the same. So they just kind of play with it. It's different types of IPAs. So um, these are gonna be interesting. Well, I know I'm looking at the ABVs. I probably should have done. We still have to cook dinner and do a lot of other stuff today. Well, just don't. We won't go hard on it now. We'll no, just, you know. And we're recording this early enough in a in a day that yeah. we can work on it for a while. So the next stint of information. Uh, so, Greg Cook and Steve Wagner, they were initially introduced by a mutual friend in Los Angeles in 1989. Um, and this was actually when Steve was in a band and Greg owned a rehearsal studio that he had just opened. And Steve's band was renting a room in the rehearsal studio. Okay, so, a mutual friend introduced them and that was the first time they met. And then they didn't see each other or talk to each other for a while until a few years later... When they both attended the same beer class at University of California, Davis, or UC UC Davis, Davis. as people call it, Mm. Uh, the course was called a sensory evaluation of beer. So, and they kind of like saw each other. I think they, uh, the, the story I read, the version is that Steve kind of saw Greg and was like, why does that guy look so familiar? And then he struck up a conversation with him afterwards. They went out for some beer and talked, and we're like, oh, yeah, we do know each other. We were introduced, you know, this back then. This is, like, a great, like, how we met, like, love yeah. story. Yeah. Like, first we met, and then we, like, were reintroduced years later, and then sparks flew. And then it was the beer was love magic. connection. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, it kind of was magic, know, yeah. because then they started just getting together regularly over the next three years after that, and drinking good beers together, talking about beer, and brewing together. And then... The they, beer connection. Yeah, exactly. So they talked so much about how they were interested in where craft beer was going at the time and how much they really hated the larger companies, which is what they called like fizzy yellow water, I think is what they referred to those beers as. And it still is. So they just decided to join in. They're like, hey, what if we get in on this and and we help out with this craft beer revolution? So they opened their first brewery in San Marcos, California, Mm. which I believe that facility, which they've outgrown since like years ago um i think that's now home to port brewing and lost abbey and now hop concept it's like one company but they have like three separate breweries like Mm -hmm. brands it's kind of weird um uh and during this time when they first started up they were trying to get distribution but no distributor had interest in what they were doing because they were focusing on Mm -hmm. more aggressively hop beers And so they decided to self-distribute. And now that company that they started with just self-distribution called Stone Distributing Company 
currently distributes for 35 different craft breweries um, from around, from within the U.S. and abroad. So they're still in operation, and they're much bigger now. So they're, you know, servicing not just themselves, but others. Cool. So that was the next uh, grouping of information. And I figured it's it's fitting, since we started with the beer Enjoy By, that we do Enjoy After. Um, okay, that's why it's the theme. Yeah, which is something that they've done. Um, I don't know. I think they this says this is the fifth edition. But when I saw this in the stores, it was the first time I had ever seen it. So I was like, it said fifth edition. So I guess maybe the other editions didn't make it to us. They just didn't make it that far. But maybe you just didn't notice. Yeah. So I sometimes I when I see the enjoy by or enjoy after, I don't really focus. I know it's just one of the enjoy series, and I don't really. Yeah. But anyway. Well, I mean, the enjoy by is green, and the enjoy after is yellow. So it's are they a, always like that? Though they do. I think so. I don't think so. The, the enjoy buys are always green. Some iteration of green, well, at least. There was one out around Valentine's Day that was red. Was it? Okay. Then maybe it was some different. Yeah, what was Like, that maybe one? it was a red IPA. I don't know. No, it was something... But it was enjoy by? Let me look it up. Maybe it wasn't. Um, okay, so the this enjoy after that I have is uh, December 31st. Bleh, December 31st of 2016. So we are... Many months after that, and this one is 7% alcohol by volume. So it is a an IPA with Britannomyces added to it. I think I bought this, uh, I think sometime late in 2015 or very, very, very early 2016. And I remember when I bought it, I was like, oh my God, I have to have this just sitting around. I want to taste it like now. But it's paying off that we had it sitting in the cellar until now. Um, and actually, I will say on the bottle, which is really cool, they have cellaring tips for oh, the really? beer, which I think is a great idea because if you're going to sell this beer ahead of time and tell people hold it until yeah. a certain date, giving them the directions on how to best hold it makes sense. So they said they recommend aging it to the date on the bottle. That's step one. They said do not refrigerate it, but store between 50 and 70 degrees. I think we hit that. And keep out of direct sunlight. Definitely hit that because the seller has no sun. Yes, it was enjoyed by two fourteen seventeen. It was a chocolate and coffee IPA. Oh wow, that sounds good. Okay, here we go. Oh yeah. Hopefully it. Oh gosh. Well, okay, this we was bad. We have a massive mess on our hands. Yeah, we do. I'm gonna have to stop um, recording for a minute. Carlin first tried to put his mouth around it and gulp it down, but then he could It didn't could, work. It's too much carbonation. It was too much, so then he just spit it out all over the place. So now we have beer slash backwashed beer all over. Okay, so we might... <sighs> okay, so uh, we're going to take a break for a minute. And clean up and then come back to recording. So, pause for a second. Alright, so we, we are back after um, a decent amount of cleanup because, as you could hear, the beer was all over the place. Uh, we've gotten it to settle down. It was gushing for a while, and I just had the bottle sitting in the kitchen sink. 
Now, this is one of the problems with using something that's a bug, bacteria, that, I mean, is intentionally infecting the beer. Uh, you can end up with overcarbonation like this because of it, and happened to us. Uh, but we have some in our glass now, finally, and we're going to go ahead and do the uh, evaluation of the beer itself. But first, I want to say apologies if the audio sounds a tad bit different. We did have to move the recording equipment to make sure it didn't get ruined by beer. So... I hope I like this beer because I already kind of hate the idea of what it, of it because of what it just did to us. But no, it'll be fine. This is why every cork and cage beer makes me nervous. Yeah, but hey, I mean, hopefully it makes for some fun, interesting um, audio. Someone will get a laugh out of it. At least Kyle Norman. Mm, yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. so let's take a look at this. Uh, enjoy um, after ten thirty one sixteen Brett IPA. I know, and I, I feel like I'm not even gonna like this beer. It is hazy. hazy. Yeah, super hazy. It actually looks a lot like the Enjoy at before, or, or the Enjoy by did, except hazy. hazy. Yeah. Yeah, a lot like that, so. And obviously it has big bubbles, and it, when it was poured, a very thick head. <laughs> yeah, super thick head when it was poured. I do have to admit it does smell really good, though. There's a decent amount of bread on the nose, but it's not, it's not nearly as funky as some get. Like, I feel like... Some Brett beers get so funky that they almost have a little bit of, like, a Band-Aid and, med like, yeah. medicinal. This still smells really, like, crisp, and then you get, like, yeah. the hops of the IPA definitely coming through. Like, you can tell that it's a Brett IPA. Yeah, plenty of Brett up front, but then I also get, like, a little, like, hit of, like, a tart lemon under the, the Brett funky smell. And, yeah, there's there's a nice maltiness on the backbone on the nose as well. So Okay, so I just took my first sip. And I think it's just because you said Band-Aids, because that's all I'm getting. You taste it? Yeah. I said I wasn't getting Band-Aids. Well, not on the, the smell, smell, but I mean, on the taste, I feel like it's too funky for me. Take a few sips, because you may just need your tongue to acclimate to the funk of the bread, no, but... I don't like it. Hmm. I like it. I don't feel like the bread is too much. It's not crazy funky. I've had... A lot of significantly funkier beers. And actually, if you let this age longer, it may become funkier. And actually, the explosion when you open it may be more uh, as well. Yeah. But um, I feel like I, I am getting that lemon that's popping up afterwards, like right after the funkiness. Uh, and that's, it's nice. It's, it's okay. It's like Brett and lemon. I think a tad bit of orange after the lemon as well and there's a little bit of like a multi backbone to it it's kind of like a medium medium mouth feel in my opinion I just i don't super it. love it i like it it's good um i mean it's good i mean i get the i definitely get some of those citrus notes that you're describing but i don't know it's, it's just okay in general, what's weird to me about um, Brett IPAs is, especially when you age it like this, you don't you don't get like much hop character. I mean, I guess you can get more bitterness to it, but over time, a lot of the hop character dies down. So I guess maybe the Brett IPAs are more just for the bitterness to go along with the uh, funk from the Brett. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could see why someone would like this, but someone just mm -hmm. really isn't me. I mean, I like it. Like I was saying, I like it. I don't love it, but it's good. 
It's it's. Uh, I think I thought that there would be more funk on it from the Brett, which is fine that it's not that way. It's just you know, this what it is. So uh, additional information about Stone. Um, so they ended up opening in Escondido, California, which was their second location after San Marcos in December of 2005, and this included their administrative space, so they actually had offices included at that point. It wasn't just the brewery and tap room. Uh, and that facility was, fi- well, still is there, 57,000 square feet, which if anybody knows the measurement of square feet, that's a lot of square feet. Um, so, and then, in, and then I, I just have, like, a bunch of milestones, basically, for them. So in 2006, Stone Company Store opened, which was a location within their Escondido uh, building that had, like, um, beer on tap, and then it had bottles to be sold there, and it had, like, merchandise and stuff like that. That was not till when? 2006. So, the next year. Then, also in 2006, they opened their World Bistro and Gardens, which is a farm-to-table, organic, locally sourced produce restaurant. And um, I've heard it's really good. That's, I wonder what it was like, if that's kind of the theme when it opened, because I feel like that's kind of like all the rage now, but that right. was really not the rage not, then. That's I mean, possible. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. That was California like that. though. Yeah. It's possible that it wasn't focused that way in I mean, 2006, it but it is. It could have been. I don't know. I just, yeah. I don't know. Uh, in two, then jump ahead six more years. And in 2012, they opened their second brew house. They had to add a whole another brew house because they were putting out so much and selling so well they were you know growing and growing their distribution then the next year in 2013 they opened their own packaging hall near the brewing facility so an entire building just for packing their beer and then in that same year they built their own building for stone distribution for the distributing company to handle all the beer um So currently, and then they also opened, I think in the same year in 2013 or throughout the years, uh, retail outlets in four other cities. They opened them in San Diego, Oceanside, Pasadena, and Liberty Station. And I actually have it on the website because I want to read like a little blurb about what they are. So they had, um, they had, you might be able to hear my cat scratching things in the background, but so they had a... a little descriptor about what these retail outlets were. So basically it says explore and enjoy stone beer in a relaxed, intimate setting framed by our signature architectural elements of concrete, stone, metal, reclaimed wood, plant life, and natural lighting stone company store. This one was specifically for Oceanside is a tasting room and retail store with an outdoor patio in a former pottery shop in downtown Oceanside. At this location, we retrofitted the existing building into the tasting room with a retail store and converted the asphalt patio area that once acted as a storage yard for landscape materials into a luscious garden that is now filled with native trees and plants that incorporate our signature Fire Rock communal table. Our unique tasting experience features numerous rotating taps of stone brewing beers, including year-round beer special and one-time releases and periodic archived vintages. That sounds Mm. great. Uh, Purchase growler fills of fresh stone beer, kegs, bottles, and stone brewing merchandise, and gifts ranging from favorite staples to uncommon novelties, including t-shirts, glassware, soap, candles, dog treats, 
jewelry, books, and more. Hmm, so, just an idea like, of what those yeah. are. I feel like that's always the fun thing when you go to a brewery. Like, you want to be able to get something you can't buy yeah. anywhere else. Oh, no, you definitely. Know? Yeah. And I feel like we've been to some places, and I'm like, well, this is kind of a letdown. Like, I want something special. I want something I haven't had before. Yeah, especially if you're going to make the trip right. to their brewery. Yeah. Like, like I know we you know, talk about them all the time, but Union Brewing in Baltimore, like, they have plenty of beer that you will not get anywhere outside of their tap room. So there's an actual incentive to go there. Yeah. I mean, most places do, but I know yeah. we've been to a couple, and I can't think off the top of my head. But anyway. Um, so then in 2013 also, they opened a scaled-down restaurant, well, scaled-down version of their World Bistro and Gardens restaurant in the San Diego International Airport. So that was cool. Um, and then they also currently have a few projects still in the works. Uh, one of them being a tap room for stone brewing beers in Napa, California. And the other one is Stone Hotel. And I have a blurb I want to read on their website about their stone hotel and what that's going to mean. So they're saying that they're, they originally announced this in 2011, but it's been kind of slow going. Jeez. I'll say. Yeah. So they're looking for it to open in the beginning of 2018. So next year. Um, so do, 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 do it is close to their Escondido, um, location. And it's supposed to be for, for craft beer enthusiasts, this hotel, it's located on 13 acres directly across from Stone's eclectic farm-to-table restaurant. The project design will be far from ordinary, offering a wide variety of unique guest experiences, ranging from a bar-style lobby check-in to oversized guest rooms, all in, all in excess of 375 square feet. Each of the 99 rooms and six suites will showcase details such as custom-designed furniture and floor-to-ceiling window systems, which flip open to an expansive balcony, providing an open-air in-room experience. Stone Hotel's event facilities will comprise of an 8,000-square-foot ballroom, a 10,000-square-foot rooftop garden located adjacent to the pool deck, as well as nearly an acre of outdoor event space. So, Sounds fun. That's all the info they have. Now, that's starting to become a little bit more of a thing, because you know Dogfish Head has their hotel that they opened up. Uh, I think maybe two years ago now, mm -hmm. and um, BrewDog is looking yeah, to put right. a hotel and spa and beer spa in in Columbus, Ohio, I believe. So it's becoming a thing. Although you know Stone has had this on the books since 2011, so better hurry up. Yeah, otherwise they're going to put it out, and there are already going to be a ton of these beer hotels. So, um, so the one last thing I wanted to say uh, takes us to 2015 when um, they split off uh, one of their beers to create another brewery brand. They created Arrogant Brewing, which okay. was created specifically for Arrogant Bastard Ale and different variations of that beer. They're also doing a few other things that aren't Arrogant Bastard, but it's mainly um, pointed at aggressive, like real aggressive beers, not as aggressive as what they're doing as... Stone Brewing. So, Arrogant Brewing, hmm. which leads us to our next beer we have to taste, which is Arrogant Bastard Ale, which was a beer that really put them in the, on the map uh, throughout the United States. So, 
very important that we try this. Um, I don't think I've ever had this. I don't think you have either. So technically the style, it's an American strong ale. But it's funny because strong ale usually means high ABV. 7.2% alcohol, which is 2.2% lower than the Enjoy by IPA. So I just think it's kind of funny. And this is in a 16-ounce can. That sucker. It's been a long time since I've had Arrogant Bastard. I remember having it some time ago, but... Obviously, this beer is one that changed Mike Johnzak's life, because he has the arrogant gargoyle tattoo now. Yeah, well, I didn't didn't check into it on Untapped, but that doesn't mean anything, because I often forget to check into beers. So this is totally new for you, which is great. Ooh, I love this color. It's like caramel. Yeah, it's very brown, but it's got like a reddish-orangish tinge. Um, I can't see through it. No. Um, it's got a decent head to it, mm-hmm. a little, like, light brown. Mm-hmm, big bubbles. Head. Smell. What do you smell? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I'm getting much of anything, to be honest. It smells... I'm gonna have to really get my sniffer going. Okay, go ahead. Then I'll tell you what I think mm-hmm. I get. The first thing that comes to mind is molasses. Yes, I was going to say the exact same thing. I For definitely, real? Yeah, I definitely get molasses in this. That was the first thing that jumped out yeah. at me. Well, second thing. Well, the first thing was a significant bitterness from aggressive hopping. And there is a decent citrus kick in the very beginning to go along with that bitterness from all the hopping. But yeah, I definitely get molasses. I get some brown sugar to go along with that molasses. Definitely maltier. There's a lot of... Nice malty sweetness on the nose. Almost a little bit of like a sugar, like um, okay, like sugar in the raw. Oh, okay. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. technically called turbinado sugar, yeah. but yeah, sh- like sugar in the raw in there. But hoppiness, sugariness, molassesy. I mean, it smells really good. It does smell good. Doesn't it? So, I don't know. I'm interested. Since this is your first time having this beer, I think you should be the first one to hmm. talk about it. It's taste. really bitter. Mm-hmm. Like. Arrogantly bitter, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> like. But then. It's it's kind of weird because I feel like. Usually I feel like the bitterness is on the back end. But I feel like the bitterness hits you up front. And then it finishes kind of sweet. Yeah. No, you're definitely right about that. It's It's very aggressive bitterness right up front. And then it kind of just like. Slowly softens into. That sweetness, like the sugar in the raw, along with some of that citrusy hoppiness, and that molasses. That molasses kind of lingers on the end of the flavor, too. But then it comes back bitter. I don't know. I don't really care for this. I like it. Really? I do. It's like, okay, if, if somebody says hop candy... Uh, okay. This, in t- this like embodies hop candy to me, which I know people have sold before. It, I mean, it just strikes me as like... Rock sugar candy with with a lot of hops infused in there for bitterness as well as for that kind of citrusy kick, you know. Yeah, not my thing. There's I some pine to it as well. A little bit of pine in there. All things considered, with how aggressive the flavor actually is, I find it to be easier to drink than I would assume, based on the flavors and the aroma. Not for me. Yeah, so. The bitterness is like, oh. Yeah. So overall, you are 
not a fan of the Arrogant Bastard. No, I'm sorry. Okay. I feel bad. I really, really want to wish I had that Enjoy Buy 214 with the chocolate and coffee IPA. Yeah. Why didn't we get that? I don't know. Maybe they'll do it again, or maybe they'll have it as like one of their special releases or whatever. So, um, but you said you didn't think you were going to like this. Did you? Oh, you said you didn't think you were going to like the bread IPA. Yeah, I didn't think I would like either of these, and I don't really. So, do you dislike the Arrogant Bastard as much as you thought you would, or less? So, I dislike it more. (laughs) Okay. Can I get the water to point out? I like it. So, when all is said and done, after we're done recording, I. I will probably be the one to finish it, I guess. You're going to be drinking. I'm down with it. You're going to be drinking everything. Mm-mm. I need help. I need help. This is a team activity right here. All right. Well, let me give everyone the final information about Stone Brewing. So it looks like most of their enjoy afters, I'm looking on untapped because I'm trying to put these in real time. And they're all bread IPAs. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, which makes sense, because why would you do Enjoy After? It's typically because you want it to be, you know, you want it to be, to reach some certain point, and having some sort of bacteria or or bug, as people call it, in there, you're trying to get it to do a certain amount of work over that time span, so. Um, Okay, so the last bit of information is about the beers they've been putting out. So keep in mind, this is not... um, this does not encompass uh, arrogant brewing, but I will say that the there are only two year rounds for arrogant brewing, which are the arrogant bastard ale and one called Wussies, which is a pilsner that they did, which a lot of people gave them crap about because they had at one point said that they would never do any style like that. So, hmm. you know, I haven't had that beer, but I would be interested in trying it. So for Stone Brewing, this is what they list on their website. Their year-round beers are Ripper Pale Ale, Go-To IPA, which is a Session IPA, um, Tangerine Express IPA, which is an IPA with tangerine and pineapple added. Sounds good. I think we... Did we try that once? I don't know if we did. I think you're thinking of the one we tried from Sierra Nevada. Oh, yeah, maybe. Uh, then they have Ruination, which is their double IPA, Delicious IPA, which is a different version of IPA, and their straight-up Stone IPA, which is their, like, flagship IPA. So what they list as their seas- uh, their seasonals are Patascala Red IPA, which, by the way, is currently available, well, was available when I was in Wine World getting these beers, and Mike pointed it out and said that is a delicious Red IPA. So I might want to try that. Um, so the Patascala Red IPA, Jindia Pale Ale, which is a double IPA done with juniper, ginger, and lemon peel. Interesting. Mike also had comment about that. He said there's so much juniper flavor to it. It just reminds you of gin. Uh, I don't know if I would like that. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. So for people who like gin, you'd be down. Um, then their Coffee Milk Stout, which we've had before mm, yeah. and enjoy. Uh, the Chocoveza, which is a mocha stout with cocoa, coffee, peppers, vanilla, cinnamon, nutmeg, and milk sugar added. I do like that. It's too much spicing for me, personally. Uh, then they had a mocha IPA, a citrusy wit, which is a wit beer with tangerine and kaffir lime leaves. Oh, I bet that's good. Yeah, it sounds good. Uh, and their Americano stout, which is an imperial stout with espresso. Well, that sounds good, Which too. I think we've, I'm pretty sure we've had that before and we enjoyed it as well. 
Um, then they have their Enjoy By series, which we talked about because we had one of them, which, you know, they say these beers are brewed not to last. So right. that's why they're say, they say Enjoy By, which if I didn't talk about it, which I may have, um, I think it's a genius marketing thing mm-hmm. when they did it. Uh, when I first saw the their very first iteration of Enjoy By, I was like, oh, that's so smart. Like, print it large, drink it by this date, because then people can't complain about drinking an old beer and, and not really knowing. So, uh, then they have their anniversary beers, which it's a ton of oh, them. Yeah. There have been a they ton always of them. Have, yeah. Um, and they're actually, they've been re-releasing some of them recently, which is cool. So people be on the lookout for some of the re-releases of their anniversary beers. And then the final category they had was their special releases, which I just wrote down is way too many. There are way too many. If you want to see what all their special releases are, go to the website and look it up under their beers section because there are a crap ton of special releases. They pump out a lot of beer and a lot of different types of beer. Well, that's why, so. and they're so big, so. Right. So that leads us to our final beer, which I picked out for Rebecca. <laughs> because this might be the one that you take this and might be like, the only I will one. finish this one. I don't know. We'll see. It's their Imperial Russian Stout. It's their 2016 release. It's 10.8%. Mm, up there. And Oh, this is interesting. We recommend getting a case and opening a bottle every three to six months to best enjoy this beer's journey. Oh, just to see, like, how it yeah, develops. that's interesting. Honestly, you could employ that with any, like, high ABV or dark yeah. beer. Which, I mean, it's a good idea. It is a good idea. I like, you know, like, the cellaring tips they had on yeah. the Enjoy After and the tips on this one. Like, that's cool extra stuff. So, um, the other reason that I picked this up is because they are very much known for their hoppy beers, but I wanted to, I didn't want to have all hoppy beers. I wanted to balance it a little bit. So, we are balancing right now. Pouring it. I don't see a whole lot of... I might not get too buzzed or anything. Because I might not like any of this. (laughs) You might not drink much of anything. That's true. I might have to open up something else. Who knows? Probably not. Alright, so coloration. What does it look like? It's dark! It looks like an Imperial Stout. Oh. Oh my gosh. An Imperial Russian Stout, maybe. Yeah, and it's got like a, when you swirl it up, it gets a decent, uh, large bubbles in the head, but very... I mean, it's a stout. You, it's Yeah, very mm. tan. Very, very tan. Smell. Mm. Woo. Chocolate. Crazy amount of chocolate. I'm bitter. Kind of chalky. Definitely. That's kind of all I'm getting. I feel like there's a decent hop character popping up after that chocolate and chalky... Like, which would be dark chocolate mainly. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that there's a good. decent hopping in this little, right there. Like lactose kind of quality, I think, actually. I get the slightest, slightest licorice on the very end of the nose. Okay, I could see that. Yeah. <sighs> Sounds good. A little bit of coffee on the end, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, but okay, I'm going in. Yeah, but other than that, it smells kind of creamy, too. Which I like. I mean, it smells good. It smells that's kind of where I was going with, like, the lactose. Yeah. You know, like... Mm. It's a lot creamier than I thought. It's really creamy. Yeah. It definitely has a nice, like, easy mouth feel. Okay, well, this is by far my favorite. Mm-hmm. Figured it would be. Um, 
There's a lot of hop character on it, though, that carries throughout, which is also bringing the bitterness. It's bringing a decent bitterness, which I think folds in well with the other flavors with, like, that bit of coffee and that little bit of licorice and a lot of dark chocolate. Um, And when I, like, sit here and don't take any more sips, what lingers on my tongue is dark chocolate and roasted coffee. Yeah. That's mainly what sits there. I'm not getting the hops that you are. It's totally throughout. The thing is this, like, sometimes it's hard to differentiate between the bitterness you're perceiving from, like, a bitter dark chocolate and the bitterness you're perceiving from hot bitterness. And I feel like in here, you have both of those things, but... For me, the most perceptible is the hop bitterness that goes, because it cuts through the entire beer. This is, for me, kind of an interesting beer, because I've had Russian stouts before that are, like, really kind of, like, fall flat. Yeah. Um, But this one's, like, has a lot of layers of flavor, and it is creamy. A lot of character. And, yeah, I, because that's my, my other thing, when you were like, oh, I hope Rebecca likes this. And I was like, ah, oh, Rebecca sometimes feels like these beers are just, like, yeah. You know, like, it's a stout. It's a Russian stout. Eh, okay, it's yeah. an Imperial. But this one delivers. Which it is important to let people know. Imperial stout and Russian Imperial stout or Imperial Russian stout, same thing. It's just like saying Imperial IPA or double IPA. Same thing. So, um, all right. I mean, overall, we learned a lot about Stone, I guess. I mean, I know I did doing the research leading up to this. Uh, what about you? Am I supposed to say no? You can say whatever you yes, want. Yes, of course I did. <laughs> what What was best uh, the best information for you personally? Like, what was the most interesting to you? Um, I feel like the fact that they had a someplace international brewing international. I didn't know about that. Yeah, in Germany, which actually there was a huge uh, hubbub around how they went about getting funding for oh, really? for doing the Berlin brewery. Because uh, they did a Kickstarter. Oh, that's right. I didn't, was that them? I don't remember if it was a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo, but one of those crowdfunding things. And when it was going on, we talked about it on an episode, but oh, that was yeah. a long time ago. But basically, it ended up turning into this thing where people got all pissed off online because they were like, uh, excuse me, Stone, you have a lot of money. Why don't you use your own money to pay for this brewery in Berlin? Plus, it's not even in the United States, and you're basically asking for money from U.S you know, customers. Um, so a lot of people got pissy about it, but, um, but you know, in the end, basically what happened is it got worse because Greg cook actually put out a video basically saying, look, you know, we're going to do whatever we want with our own money. And he handled it terribly. In my opinion, uh, what he should have just done is ignore it and just, or maybe just release a statement and say, you know, we understand, you know, how people may feel, but ultimately, like, we're going to try and do it this way, and if people want to give money yeah. to it, they will, and then it'll succeed, and if they don't want to, then they won't, and it won't succeed. And in the end, you know, it wasn't as big of a deal because it succeeded. You know, yeah. everyone paid for it, and it's all good. I just think that at the time, the the PR got really crappy <laughs> because what Greg Cook did by putting out that video basically saying F you to everyone was a bad thing. It was very immature and not properly handled. But there that's the little story behind their Berlin location. But 
I mean, when they did the, the the crowdfunding, they were offering something to people. They were offering, like, at different levels, they would give people beers that they would do collaborations with other hmm. breweries for. Well, and these were, why. like, exclusive beers. Yeah, so they were selling them. a product for it. Like, I didn't have a problem with the way that they did the crowdfunding. I personally just thought that the crowdfunding for that brewery was tacky for me. So I didn't give money to it. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people didn't because of that too but i wasn't enraged about it i was really thrown off by greg cook's response though and was kind of yeah. like oh dude because he was feeding the trolls was the big issue and you never feed the trolls man never feed the trolls it only lead to worse things but everything's blown over since then i believe and it's all good <clears throat> it was blown over till you brought it up again well maybe i don't know <laughs> And then maybe I've proven that if it's on the internet, you can never truly get away from it. It's out there forever. It's always there. Um, so, okay. in, in summation, we go were, ahead and rank your beers. Beer? Okay. So, yeah. obviously, the Russian Stout's my number one. Number two, Enjoy Buy. And then, I'm just making the other two last place together. You can't give one an edge nope. over the other? Oh, I cannot, and I will not. Tied for last. Okay. Yeah. So... For me, my first place is very hard. The Imperial Russian Stout or the Enjoy Buy. Because they're both really, really awesome. He's like uh, duking it up with his fists. I know, I'm actually making fists and like, like uh, up and down. Uh, like, uh, like I'm going to beat my chest like King Kong style. It's like, ugh. I mean, it's very clear. I feel like you weren't like, oh, there goes our cat. <laughs> she would like to um, put in her two cents. Cats can't drink beer, though. Yeah, sorry. Public service announcement, don't let your cat drink beer. They do have <laughs> wine for cats now, though. Oh, yeah, they do. Um. Anyway, I feel like when you drank it, though, you had more things to say about that. That's true. I mean, I don't yeah. want to persuade you. I just there, there is more complexity to the Imperial Russian Stout. So, yeah, I think you're correct. I would say the Imperial Russian Stout, number one, the Enjoy by number two, uh, the Arrogant Bastardale, for me, would be mm. number three, and then the Enjoy After okay. Bread IPA. Not because it exploded on me. I was just going to ask that. But because it was just the least impressive of all of yeah. them to me. But I still liked it, so, you know. Yeah. Um, so I only plan to continue to drink two out of these beers. The Enjoy buying the Imperial Russian Stout? Yep. Okay. I, I don't have a problem drinking the rest of the Arrogant Bastard. I like it, but... Are we going to jump, dump the Enjoy after? Uh, probably not. I'll probably drink that. The whole thing? I've been holding that for like over a year, man. I know, but I mean, I, life is too short to drink like... It's like a baby. It's my beer baby. I know, but I just feel like there's so many good beers out there. Why are you wasting calories and just drinking a subpar beer when we have a cellar full of ones that are going to be like, knock your socks off? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't want to persuade you. You do you. I have to say, too, as I keep sipping on this Imperial Russian Stout, the the flavors start blending together even more, and it's just, like, even better. Yeah. I, it's I, an awesome beer. It is really good. It, that's great. That That's probably, like, one of the best uh, Imperial Stouts I've had. Of straight up, like, not extra stuff added to it. Yeah. Um, probably one uh, of the best. Old Rasputin. Old Rasputin's awesome. It's definitely up there with Old Rasputin. I need a drink. I haven't had one in a while. That beer changes for me. Like, I don't know. Like, I've had it numerous times yeah, and it's had kind of different characteristics. Agreed. Depending. So, I don't know. 
Anyway, uh, this was fun. I had been holding off on doing Stone for a long time just because I was like, uh, they're so big and like everybody loves Stone. And yeah, you know, I wanted to hit some of the lesser, you know, known ones. But then uh, we got so light on material for past ones. So I was just like, let's go with someone that just has got some meat. Has got a lot of info. And, and I thought it was perfect because, you know, an ode to Mike from Wine World because he loves Mike. the Stone. And they do good stuff. They definitely do good stuff. So. Okay. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Rebecca, for tasting some stuff that you didn't like. Yeah. And some that you did, though. Yeah. Which proves, you know, this is the whole thing of you just got to taste stuff. Yeah, you never know. I, I know. That's That way you can sort it out. I, I agree. Right. So anyway, everybody, thank you. And please remember to... Keep it brutal. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.